Mick Howard's filling in for Blake Redden this morning. Good morning to you. Afternoon, Mick. Afternoon, Gareth. Yeah, good to be in the hot seat. Thanks for joining us. And Jason Bonington. Good afternoon to you, Jay. Good afternoon to you, Gareth. How are you feeling today, mate? I'm very well. You're looking Nick. very well. Thank you. Now, that ha- hair yeah. has started to grow back. It has. How, how has your first week been? Uh, look, I, I think, Gareth, you you were obviously alongside me when uh, when the uh, the scone was skinned on Tuesday, last Tuesday, six days ago. And for a couple of days, I reckon, you know, there was a little bit of adrenaline running through the system and yep. I was okay with the decision. And then all of a sudden you realise it's not going to grow back in three days and you've then got to live with it going forward and uh, going out to Kilmore on Thursday night. It wasn't as cold as it could be. It was actually a lot warmer than last year. But um, look, the industry at large was very supportive. There were obviously a fair few people that just wanted to let you know uh, you looked a little bit silly and that's okay. That's fantastic. But um, it does grow back pretty quick. The facial hair starting to come back. I looked in the mirror this morning and I thought I could almost see... Myself for the first time in a while. So, okay. Well, your facial hair. Well, you're about to look. You're about to have a go. Your, yeah, you're about to have a go. It, it took you four years to to grow a beard. It takes everybody else about three days. We it's, are Gen Xers too, Bond. So you yeah. would have had a little bit of concern about the coming back that it was going to happen. We're starting to get to that point where you're going. Is it going to fall off? No, no. Look, 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 I'm deteriorating in a range of areas, and that's and that's quite obvious for a lot of people to see. But mm. the hair's not a problem. It's a very, very fast growing hair, so that was never an issue, Mick. What's the biggest area that you're struggling with at the moment? Um, just, just, I would say general soreness. You know, in the AFL, they're out with general soreness. I'd say I'm just out with general soreness most of the time these days. We have six things we learned that we'll go through shortly here on Gate Speed on this Monday, the 30th of September. This is Gate Speed. You're with Mick Howard, Gareth Hall and Jason Bonington on this Monday. And it's time to have a chat about the six things that we learnt over the weekend. Well, basically, on Thursday night, this started. Carlo creates scenes in classic Kilmore Cup victory. This is San Carlo. Look at the smile on Jason <laughs> Bonington's face. He's a good horse, isn't he, Gareth? Now he is. Wasn't he a good yeah, horse on Thursday night? He was a terrific horse. Sat in the breeze, did all of the, all work, the work and careered away for a... A stunning victory. And I think Robbie Orber made a really good point when we had a chat about this on Friday. He said, Gareth, when you have a look at those horses mm. that have had a proper season mm. under the conditions of free-for-all racing, grand circuit racing, they always come back a better horse next time. And it looks like San Carlo has appreciated that time in the big time, and he has come back a better, better horse. And this time, Jason, you can actually declare he could just be a dead set major player. Oh, this is races. great. He could be a major player. He's going to be, oh, look, clearly I think this is going to be his breakout campaign. He is a nine-year-old, Mick, but the thing is he's only had 49 starts. So uh, his legs would be, you know, completely sound. He didn't start racing until he was nearly five years of age. And he has been amazingly good, really. When you think about the fact of how inexperienced he was going into big races in the past, he will head into a third Inter-Dominion campaign in Auckland, where they're headed. And now Steve O'Donoghue wants to go to New Zealand as well. In fact, he not only wants to go to New Zealand, barring accident or injury, he will be going to New Zealand for the New Zealand Cup. So San Cala goes to the Vic Cup, then to the New Zealand Cup, then to the Inter-Dominion. And I'll tell you what, based on what he did first up, phenomenal performance first up, this will be the campaign that will, I guess, create his legacy. Whether he is that really good horse that I've always thought he was or whether he's half a rung below, 
based on what he did Thursday night, I think he's definitely a really good horse. Yeah, well, his own camp was stunned. I know that Stephen O'Donoghue, post-race, you were on course, bomb for well, I've heard secondhand, was absolutely blown away. It wasn't the performance he was expecting. He was expecting a little bit less that uh, first up San Carlo wasn't as cherry ripe as he was, but mm. it was extraordinary. And it does feel like all the stars are aligning. Much credit has to be given to Steve O'Donoghue and Beck Bartley. They were so patient with him. We knew he was so good early that he could have beaten up on others at a younger age, but they waited. And not only has San Carlo seemingly got better, and this is a point that Steve O'Donoghue, the trainer, made, Beck Bartley's got better. She's now in the point where she's well, what confident. a drive! What a drive it was. It was such an exclamation mark, I suppose, of the point he later made, that she was ready to, be, to compete at this free-for-all level, and that San Carlo had actually taken her on that journey to the point where she's, she's ready to go. How many drivers, when Buster Brady was in the breeze, would have thought, I'm going I'm to rip forward three wide, from back in the field to try and find the breeze. Huge chance. I don't know what you guys were thinking watching the race, but I was hugely concerned. I'm, I'm thinking, there's no breeze here. Buster's yeah. not giving you the breeze. You're three wide the entirety, first up for a break in a Kilmore Cup. But um, Beck, Beck's definitely gotten better and better and better. And that confidence that she has in San Carlo, who, it has to be said, I don't think he's any sort of academic genius. He's not the smartest horse of all time. And the penny probably has taken a while to drop as well. So there's a lot of factors for what, why what happened on Thursday, not why it happened. But there's no doubt San Carlo, very good horse in for a monster campaign. Did Kim Freddy make the mistake by handing up the breeze? Well, I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, I, I really think they, in fact, I'm, Super confident they would have gone into the race with one plan. We want the breeze, and the only horse we'll hand the breeze to is San Carlo. If he comes rushing around, okay, fair enough, because then we're 1-1. We don't have to do all the work, because the concern was born rock and roll was going to take off at the 700. Then it makes whoever's in the breeze, it makes life very, very hard for them. And if you're in the 1-1, you know one thing. San Carlo will take you into the race. The problem with Buster Brady is... He's just a bizarre horse. He seems mm. to lose ground. He couldn't keep up. He's done this on more than one occasion. Then he gets on the straight and narrow, and, he, and he's hunting for runs, losing by under three metres. So he's still a very good horse, Buster Brady. But at the moment, right here, right now, it feels like outside of Tabcorp Park, Menangle, where's he going to win his big race? Because he can't keep doing that at the top level. That into the minion market suspended, but he was still $71, despite you tweeting out that the San Carlo team were pretty adamant and confident that they would go to New Zealand and be competitive for the Inter-Dominion. Now, that market's suspended. Just having a look at the Victoria Cup market, and guess what? He's the favourite San Carlo at uh, $5 to take out the Victoria Cup, which is on the 12th of October. Buster's at six fifty. Our Uncle Sam at 7 Bling it on. Jeez, he looks hard to beat now. Seven fifty. Cruz Bromac at seven fifty. Born to Rock and Roll at eight. Marin Tye at eleven. And Shadow Sacks at eleven dollars. And then Rapper's Delight eleven. The Queensland Horse of the Year Colt thirty one at fourteen dollars. We'll have a chat about that market later on. Point number two: the Kilmore undercard just as impressive. I speak of Cruz Bromac cruising around and the storm inside. Well, Cruz Bromac was outstanding. I know he was taking on inferior opposition, Mick, taking on that virtual consolation race, the JNA Mazzetti uh, pace, but he had to attack. He was a big drifter in betting and he, and he attacked all the breeze for the front. Keeman wasn't willing to hand up the lead initially and even after all the work that Cruz, Brack, uh, Cruz Bromac needed to do, again, first up from a break, it was a really soft win in the finish in pretty good time. So I think he's cherry ripe and ready to roll for October 12 as well. Yeah, well, Rishi certainly made kept him honest, didn't he, with Rod Petroff and really... Everyone kept him honest. on for the last 800. I think Greg was a little miffed in the post-race interview that he had to do it so <laughs> tough for such a good horse. But um, it, it was 
impressive. I think that probably won't hurt him either. That sort of a tune-up. You got two weeks before the Vic Cup, and he'll he'll be cherry ripe. He's one that's probably often easy forgotten. Cruz Bromac, but he just keeps turning up, and he, there's no doubt he's at the absolute elite level. And if the race has run his way, he can win the Vic Cup. Oh, okay. absolutely. He's a very good horse. Storming side, obviously, great to see him back because we know what a talented horse he. Could have been if he if he could ever fulfil his potential. The storm inside could be anything, but whether he stays sound. Great to see that the connections are really ambitious. That they're talking Vic Cup, they're talking New Zealand with the storm inside. Very difficult to see how he gets into a Vic Cup because he's uh, got he, he won't such little credits. He has put his name up for Smoking Up Sprint, which is going to be a rip and race. He won that. I don't even think you'll necessarily get a start in that. It's going to be difficult. It's a really good field for that as well. So that's one to watch. A few decisions there for the Is there a lead-up race? So if he wins, say, the smoking-up sprint and he gets in, but, but what, is I he think, into the Vic Cup? I think, what, I think he would be, but I think what Mick's saying is you'll never get the opportunity because the smoking-up sprint's going to be str- such a strong field with the nominations. We'll go through a few of them here. Born to Rock and Roll, Buster Brady, Can't Refuse, Cash and Flow, Code, Black My Kiwi Mate, Phoenix Prince, Raptors Flight, Shadow Sacks, Tam Major, Tell Me Tales. Like, it's, mean, hard, it's hard to give him a spot, Only isn't it? 10 get in. As well, only ten getting because of the short course. I'm not, I don't reckon all of them will go necessarily, um, but even if they don't, it's going to be very hard for him yeah. to get a run. He's just in that awkward position because of all the injuries he's had. Do we need a wild card? Would he add betting turnover if he did gain a start? The only thing is, and oh, I he, he might, look at the end of the day, the twelve is going to be so strong. Everyone and. You know, I can personally say now that I thought the move to October was a mistake in slashing the prize money in half, but it just so happens because of the place in the calendar that it is that it's going to be a phenomenal Victoria Cup field, like one of the better Victoria yeah. Cup fields you could imagine. And it works when you put the Kilmore Cup two weeks out and it's smart planning and then you have a really good Kilmore Cup field on, say, grand final Eve Eve yeah. on the Thursday night before the public holiday and it makes sense. It's, it's, it's a disgrace the planning and the scheduling still for our open class races when the South Australian Cup, Country Cups, Hunter Cups, Miracle Miles, WA's feature races are all put together. Oh, it's, like it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to see the best horses compete against each other. It is. And that's what everybody wants. Point number three, easy money for a mare who atones for an hour that cost you a lot of money last week, Jason. <laughs> Talking through your pocket again, EG money. Yeah, well, she should have won last week. She's only that's the only time she's ever lost in front when she galloped uh, a couple of weeks back when I was uh, with friends at the Imperial Hotel and put my, hung my head in shame when she galloped. But it was a really impressive win on the weekend. She she blew away. Well, they're not top class rivals, but they're pretty nice horses. Miss Blissful's obviously got um, a bit of a reputation now. Sunny's little Jestic and a few others. She's won by twenty five meters. So I'm not saying this is the second coming of Dance Craze. But certainly Anton Galino looks to have found another superstar mare for the stable. Yeah, complete performance, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. to throw that tactical speed, which has shown a few times now. So I guess that's the question. What's in her future? What's next for her? I suppose that'll play out when she starts to go up against some of the big boys. But um, looking forward to that run in. It looks like we're going to have a great season next uh, in, say, February when mm. we get around to that great Southern Star and we get to some of those really big races. We're going to, all these horses are going to come together and it's going to be a really deep field. Yep. Point number four, this excites me. Bling brings heat and stunning racetrack return. This is blinging on. He's had a couple of starts now and he's superb, isn't he? Well, it's just, it's absolutely unthinkable what he did on Saturday night. He's gone the fastest time in his career, 150.2. He's never done that. This is a horse who's won five group ones previously. He won with significantly something in hand. He's, he's actually driven away from his rivals, winning by seven and a half metres. Would have won by 20 if they'd kept going. He's a nine-year-old, same age as Blackheart Bart, same age as San Carlo. And that break, 
it seems to have done in the world of good. He went to stud for a short period of time, but the fact all those niggles and any athlete who's been going at war, at battle, as often as he has from such a young age, he just needed that break, and he's come back. Really ambitious campaign for him too. He'll go to the Victoria Cup and then go to New Zealand, definitely for the Inter-Dominion Series. And there's no reason, based on what he did Saturday night, why he can't keep going. And there's no doubt on him because Luke McCarthy has already said he's been in work six months. Fitness will not be an issue. It's extremely exciting, isn't it? I mean, we only got to think back to the Hunter Cup when he was outstanding, and that was a very, very good class of field. So this is an absolutely pointy-end horse. He's, he's right up there with the best that we've gotten. We need more of that. We want to see more of these champions to see him come back. That's such a bonus for our free-for-all class. When he was at his best, Mick and Jason, he was a sit sprinter. He couldn't mm. do too much work no. to be competitive in those big events. But if he did get that nice, soft run... He was always hard to beat. Has he changed his racing pattern? Or do you think with the class of free-for-alls around these days that maybe he could lead all of the way and do a little bit of work in a, in a grand circuit event? Well, you'd need other evidence. Probably not, you wouldn't think so. But the truth is he became a sit sprinter. So there's two types of sit sprinters we know. One that can look really impressive in lower grade because they've got dazzling speed off moderate tempo. But Blingadon became the horse that we saw in the Hunter Cup who could follow any type of speed. So sometimes I think it's less about a strength issue as it is about a psychological issue. He's just a horse who's better following a helmet, which he did again on uh, Saturday night at Tabcourt Parkman Angle. But I'll tell you what, he, he, it just creates so much, so much excitement having that horse back. And Mac threw who copped a fair bit during his stud career. Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore, but he's got San Carlo and, yep. and also, I reckon uh, a couple of other big ones going around as well. But um, blinging on, it's just magnificent to have him back. And if he can keep going on this trajectory, and there's no reason why he won't, He's going, to, uh, he's going to create a lot of publicity for harness racing, uh, cross-code as well, because Luke McCarthy is such a, a big name in the sport. I mentioned this at the top of the show on Friday. Gavin Lang's illness and harness racing Victoria brought out a statement to explain that. It's an indefinite delay for Gavin. He's in hospital at the moment. And I was mentioning that you don't have too many heroes when you're growing up. And my heroes were Wasm Akram, left arm over the wicket, love watching him. <laughs> he was here. Like, I tried to be Wasm Akram in the backyard. Uh, I love Jason Dunstall, full forward, Hawthorne football. Even though I didn't go for the Hawks, I just love playing full forward and being Dunstall. And the other one was Gavin Lang. Mm. Now, I couldn't drive like him, but when the Mildura Carnival rolled along, Gavin Lang would turn up. And he was like LeBron James coming to town for yeah. mine. Like, you never really got to see him in your hometown. And usually when you meet your heroes, they tell you that they disappoint you. Not Gavin Lang. He gives you all the time in the world. He loves people that have got passion. He loves people that love the sport that he loves. And I think everybody is thinking of him and hoping that we see Gavin back at the races shortly. The thing I hope most, uh, Mick, is that Gavin knows... Because I think sometimes when you're an elite athlete and you're at a lofty level and I guess you're separated from the general community, you don't know people's opinions of you. But I hope, I don't think Gavin will be listening to this show right now under the circumstances, but I hope he can see from social media and I hope people give him a copy of this show and everything that's being said about him right now because he is genuinely loved idolised, admired, and the pedestal that he has put on is unique. After you've been in this game a while or in the media a while, as you would know, Gareth, you sort of, you don't become intimidated by people too much anymore, but still to this day, talking to Gavin is an intimidating thing for me. He was an idol. He was my idol growing up. I think he's the greatest driver I've ever seen. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to spend a bit of time with him over the course of the journey. But we are really pulling for him as an entire racing community because 
He is a deeply loved uh, individual, and he has got a really big battle ahead of him. But, Mick, a, uh, a press release was sent out, I reckon, last week, not outlining all the details because it's a private issue, but just uh, letting, I guess, the industry know that Gav knows that we're thinking about him. Yeah, absolutely. And they're saying Gav's remaining in good spirits. It's extremely important that he rests at this time, and so they're thanking friends for their warm thoughts, but that they respect his privacy, and all those things are absolutely important, and I can only echo your sentiments. In fact, I remember when we had our first Redwood Rattler trip back, Bon, and we had quite a cabin full out the back, and there was a few beers going around, but we also, as harness conversations do go, who's your, who's the best driver, etc. and I think it was a room full of Gavin Langs that came up, okay. even though Chris Alford was so dominant in that space at the time, that um, there's just so much respect for the way he goes about it, and his brilliance in so many occasions, and there's a reason why he's Group 1, Gav. He's Federer. Roger Federer. Yeah, he's yep. Federer. Um, we had that argument the other day. It was a great debate, it was, wasn't it? was a great it? debate. Um, if you're listening, Gav, God bless you. Love you, mate. Uh, point number six, Harness Charity Challenge set to kick off tomorrow. We had Stevie Salter on the show last Wednesday. He had a chat about how you get involved, that you need to put up $250, and then you get to choose your charity. Yep. You get to bet every week. It's like uh, Monopoly money, $100 betting strategy, and whoever makes the most amount of money at the end of the month wins the prize for their chosen charity. It's a great, I love the initiative. So many passionate people in harness racing, they get behind this. They've raised over $11,000 for the charity. But the best part about it, I think it promotes harness racing better than most, um, most promotions that I've seen anyway, because everyone gets on Twitter, they banter, they have a discussion, who's the best tipster. And everybody um, has to put their tips out for everybody to see. Well, and, and the truth is, and this year will be no different, every single year there's a, there's a huge number of very, very good judges yeah. out there. So they're putting their tips out, their best tip for the day. So I'm sure it inspires turnover, it inspires discussion. We flood, the harness racing world floods Twitter for a period of time because there's so much action, particularly going on towards the lead up to the major races. And it gets pretty exciting towards the back end because people are starting to throw the... Uh, the full court shots towards the back end of the competition, particularly if you're well down, but it's very exciting. I'll be getting involved on a good form uh, on a good form ticket with Blake Redden, and hopefully we can go relatively well. I led for about uh, 20 days one year and unfortunately got swamped at the back end, but it is one of those really exciting mm-hmm. competitions. I reckon overall, they might have raised 60,000 plus, I reckon, overall, with er- not, not just a okay. charity challenge, but everything that... Yeah, just, that, gone, that past the done. just, just gone, gone past 70, actually. Just gone past 70. So Steve Salt is a terrific bloke. He's... Uh, he, he's you know, involved in a number of levels as an owner, uh, particularly with the Mick Stanley team and co. So he's done a magnificent job and the support's there. But it's not surprising because harness racing, when it comes to these kind of things, very, very good. Yeah, absolutely rallies around, doesn't it? And if you're a, you're like me, I'm not so much a form analyst. I'm more in the media space. But if you just enjoy having a punt, you can, you've can. you got the best tipsters from harness yeah. racing just putting out their best bets of the day. And their reputations are on the line. They are absolutely going for it. So if you just follow these gents along, you're set. Well said. The tab got a special today on Monday the 30th September. Greg Sugar's to drive five-plus winners at Maryborough. You can get $5, the special in um, TAB Extras. Is the Candyman Ken? Can he do it? 
Oh, I've got no doubt he's he, he's done it more than once, the Kenny Men, and he's in he's in probably career best form. He's wearing, by the way, if we're discussing uh, charities at the moment, he's wearing the prostate mm. awareness colours at the moment. Yeah. And I said to Darby McGuigan on track, they're both wearing them, these two boys, mm-hmm. and Darby just hasn't been lifting. Yep. So I just tried to motivate him. Like, You're very good at this, Gareth. You just got, I got behind him and I tried okay. to give him a bit of a pep talk. You've got to start contributing, but Greg Sugars is certainly contributing. He's driven a stack of winners, and I guess when we're talking about the very best, Gavin Lang and Chris Alford, that no doubt Greg Sugars comes into that conversation. So. Um, Five winners, hopefully, for him. And just quickly on that Vic Cup market, it's great to see San Carlo and Buster Brady as the first and hmm. second favourites. Please. You're anyway, right? Jason, good luck with that. I'll see you tomorrow. You were wrong last year. Let's hope you can <laughs> continue to keep the faith. <laughs> Thank you, Mick. Great debut here on Gate Speed while RSN Central's been kicking. Thank you very Where's much. Where's Blake? Uh, look, I think he's just taking a short sabbatical. He yep. went to Birds of Tokyo on Thursday night okay. and he had a long weekend, so I'm sure he'll be back here next week. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Mick. See you, Gareth. That's Gate Speed on this Monday.